Holy sh**. The Redskins actually had a good draft. What is good? Welcome to the Pigpen Podcast. I am your host, Denton Day, at Denton underscore Day on Twitter. The draft is in the rearview mirror. The Redskins actually, not only did they have a pretty good draft, they may have had one of the best drafts, which I honestly didn't see coming at all. So we're going to break down some of the picks that we made in the 2019 draft and Josh Doxson's uh, contract deadline extension. So the fifth-year option, that was, a, that was a long-winded way of saying the fifth-year option. Uh, it has to be decided on this Friday. So the Redskins have a decision to make with Josh Doxson and whether or not they want to pay him $10.2 million. So we're going to talk about all of that stuff. But first, if this is your first time listening, follow me on Twitter at Denton underscore day. Follow Hogs Haven on Twitter. You can join the community on the website. So be a member, interact. All of us are on here interacting all the time. You can like us and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. If you're on Apple Podcasts, rate us, review us, give us five stars. So everyone, every Redskin fan can come and enjoy the content that we are producing here. Before we get into all of the draft stuff, before we get into Josh, Doxson's contract situation. We are going to talk about our newest quarterback in Dwayne Haskins. And now I guess a beef with Joe Theismann, kind of. I'm going I'm to use the beef term very loosely here, but what started off to be uh, not the greatest start in the relationship between these two guys did get a little bit better. Joe Theismann and Dwayne Haskins have spoken, and Dwayne Haskins is going to get to wear the number seven, the number that he wore in college at Ohio State, the number that he wore on a necklace when he was drafted. That's kind of been his number, so he is going to get Joe Theismann's number. The number was unofficially retired because for whatever reason, the Redskins don't like to retire numbers. I don't know why that is the way that it is. We had this situation earlier this offseason with the Sean Taylor number, which isn't been a, has not been officially retired, but it's unofficially retired. And it just it becomes this whole whole big ordeal when you don't actually retire the numbers, but they're more unofficially retired. But that is in the rearview mirror. Dwayne Haskins gets his number. But there was a little bit of an issue uh, earlier, I guess this is probably on on Monday, Monday or Tuesday, with Joe Theismann and Dwayne Haskins. So when Dwayne Haskins was drafted, he was, uh, I guess, understandably not happy with the position that he was drafted in. He was taken 15th by us. And he said that, you know, the rest of the league done messed up. And Joe Theismann wasn't the biggest fan of the phrasing of that statement, the done messed up part. He went on to, uh, I believe it was the Team 980 with Doc Walker, and kind of stressed that a little bit. He commented, he critiqued Dwayne Haskins for saying the league done messed up. There are a lot of different angles that we can take in describing this situation and kind of the conflict of that between Joe Theismann and Dwayne Haskins. The first and the obvious one, I don't want to make this about race, but Joe Theismann is an old white guy critiquing the language of a young black man. That is, you can take with that however you will. I'm not going to do a deep dive into what that actually means, but you can take that however you will and apply that in whatever view of life you are using to look at the situation. But that is uh, an issue in that uh, right in that situation. Uh, but also, I'm I'm of the uh, of the belief that the players should kind of be able to do what they want. And we have seen with a lot of people, and I've kind of been around long enough just as a little reporter and doing some, you know, reporting in a little bit of small town. 
environments that you can definitely tell when someone is being scripted things, being fed lines uh, in front of the media. And one of the things I liked about Dwayne Haskins uh, saying that the league done messed up, that's not a scripted line. I don't want my quarterback to be scripted. I know that there's positives and negatives to having a guy that just kind of like follows, you know, the rules and he stays in that straight line. And I don't really want that from Dwayne Haskins. The Redskins have kind of had that in the past. There were times where Kirk Cousins was kind of like that. But I want Dwayne Haskins to be Dwayne Haskins. So if he wants to say the league done messed up, say that the league done messed up. Can you imagine how weird and just obnoxious if he would have came out and, and just said, you know, something in, per, in like perfect, like Shakespeare in almost English, you know, furthermore, the league done made a mistake by not drafting or whatever the case may have been. I would have been pissed if he said that, because I know that's not him. And I know you don't want a quarterback's personality to get too big. And we've seen that in the past with other teams. I mean, even on this team, Robert Griffin's uh, personality got a little too big. We don't want that to happen. But say what you got to say in the way that you got to say it. And that's really, a, that's as simple as it should be. So I didn't like that Joe Theismann came on and critiqued Dwayne Haskins for saying the league done messed up because quite frankly, I want Dwayne Haskins to think that the league done messed up. Uh, now he just has to live up to that. You know, if you're going to come out and say that on national television, you damn well better perform. But if he wants to say the league done messed up, the league done messed up. Regardless, I think that Joe Theismann uh, probably would have given the number to Dwayne Haskins anyway. I know they did have a conversation, so hopefully they aired that situation out a little bit. He probably would have got the number regardless. He should have gotten the number regardless because, like I said, the Redskins are dumb and they don't actually really retire numbers. The unofficial retiring system is stupid, and it 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 leads to situations like this. Just dumb things that are easily avoidable, but they just they don't. And that's kind of how the Redskins like to play this a little bit. Okay, so we're going to shift a little bit now that we got that that whole little thing out of the way. The Redskins had a very, very good draft, depending on who you uh, who you like in, in terms of the, the national NFL guys. A lot of people rated this Redskins draft as an AA+. Some of them had the Redskins draft as the best draft in the entire NFL. And I don't think that's entirely off base. I don't know if it was the absolute best draft because, quite frankly, I don't pay an, enough attention to some of the other teams to know what holes they need to fill and so on and so forth. But I do really like the Redskins draft, and it starts with Dwayne Haskins. Getting him at 15, that's a power play. I mean, that's a really great move. That's the guy that you wanted, and you didn't trade up for because there were rumors swirling. I mean, there were a ton of rumors on draft week regardless, but there were rumors swirling that maybe just maybe the Redskins are going to trade up to get Dwayne Haskins or, God forbid, trade up to get Daniel Jones. It seems like that the Redskins were never truly in the Daniel Jones sweepstakes, and for what is really uh, amazing in this whole process is it seems like Bruce Allen got one over on Dave Gettleman. So now Dave Gettleman is truly the, the dumbest general manager in in this conference. The really maybe the league. If Bruce Allen is duping Dave Gettleman, Dave Gettleman is in some serious trouble. Sorry to the Giants fans, but not really. But the Redskins got their guy. That was that seemed to be Dan's guy. He wanted Dwayne Haskins. And there were reports, mostly from Diana Rossini, that saying like they were th- those two top guys, being Dan and Bruce, were really pushing for Dwayne Haskins, despite the fact that some of the more football-focused guys, because we are we are split, I guess, in that decision. The decision makers may not always be football-focused, because of course, but the more football-focused guys wanted other guys, and apparently, one of the other guys they wanted was Montez Sweat, who they ended up getting. That's, I mean, that's perfect. 
I can't think of a better way that that could go. You get the quarterback because the team needs a quarterback, and then you go get a pass rusher, and all you got to do is give up a, a second. Like, could the Redskins have really gotten someone better than Sweat in the second round? Probably not. So that's a big win for the Redskins. It's almost, I didn't know what to do with myself, to be completely honest. I'm so not used to seeing this team make good decisions on draft day that I was, I was confused. I was perplexed. I was thinking, how could they actually do good here? Like, they did it. They got the edge rusher, which Montez Sweat is listed as edge because that is now a position. I don't know where that fits on the depth. I'm pretty soon, I think we are actually just going to see depth charts that just say edge. They're not going to say like outside linebacker, which is probably what he will actually play in our 3-4. They'll just say edge. And that's what Montez Sweat is listed as. He's a fast guy. He's super, super fast for a man of his stature. And now we would have, we would have entered the season with Ryan Anderson and Ryan Kerrigan, likely Ryan Anderson, on the sides. But now we could have Sweat and Kerrigan with the three guys in the middle, the Alabama boys and Matty Ice, still looking for a nickname. That's a, that's a pretty good group to get after the quarterback. So day one for the Redskins was a big-time win, a big, big win for this franchise for probably years to come. Eventually, down the line, we're going to talk about realistic expectations for Dwayne Haskins. We will probably push that topic off a little bit uh, as we get closer to training camp, and maybe we'll discuss it there in the preseason, that general time frame. But eventually, we will discuss realistic expectations because I don't think that Dwayne Haskins is going to start all 16 games, but he could. He could. All in all, though, a big win on day one for the Redskins. But there was two more days. I mean, hey, there's two more days in the draft. They could do something that's kind of silly and mess it up a little bit. And they start in round three, because remember, no, no second round with a sweat deal. And they take Terry McLaurin, who played at Ohio State with Dwayne Haskins. And I know there are a lot of receivers that some of some of you may have wanted instead. And that even goes along with the, the Kelvin Harmon pick in, in round six and some of the other picks just in general, because the Redskins did need a wide receiver. But I really like the Terry McLaurin pick from Ohio State. Six feet, of course, he played with Dwayne Haskins, which I think is a huge benefit in the long term. You're getting a quarterback in Dwayne Haskins who's going to have to learn a little bit of a new system. He's going to be in some situations that he probably wasn't in a whole lot at Ohio State because more or less he did kind of dominate opposing defenses at Ohio State. I mean, 50 touchdowns in a season is completely absurd. He dominated defenses at Ohio State, but now he's playing with a guy that he's familiar with, a guy that he already has chemistry with. And I think that's a big plus for Dwayne Haskins. And I also think that's a big plus for McLaurin. McLaurin, 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 McLaurin. Boom, there you go. That's a big plus for McLaurin because now he has a guy that he can learn and grow in this offense with and be comfortable. And they already have some sort of friendship and relationship. I know that Dwayne Haskins was kind of you know, tweeting is very active on Twitter. He was tweeting at the Redskins like, hey, let's let's make this work. Let, let's get him up on here. And they did. So I think that's under the radar. That's a really good pick uh, for the team. And I think that could benefit in the long term greatly, especially with this Josh Doxson little contract situation coming up uh, really in, in a few days. Uh, so we'll talk about the rest of the draft. We're going to take a quick break and then we will get to the Bryce Love pick and, and everything else that happened on, on day three of the draft. 
Okay, so the Redskins started day three kind of with a with a boom here with a Bryce Love pick, a guy that entered last season as many people's Heisman favorite. Of course, he ultimately did not win the Heisman. Kyler Murray did, but a guy that had the potential to be a Heisman Trophy winner. Some people might say that he was actually more productive at Stanford than Christian McCaffrey. And we have seen with Christian McCaffrey, he's going on to be pretty damn productive in the NFL as well. Uh, now, there is the injury uh, to, the, to the lower body, which is always a bad thing, especially as a running back. But I actually really, really like the Bryce Love pick. And I know there are people that, all, that really, really like it as well. I know there are some people that don't like it because it may force the Redskins to keep four running backs, but Bryce Love also is probably going to start the season on the pup list, which doesn't take up a roster spot. So I think this is a kind of a low-risk, high-reward pick for the Redskins. We have to keep in mind that Chris Thompson's contract is ending after this season. He has battled injuries in his time with us. He's been great. And I would love to keep Chris Thompson for as long as Chris Thompson is playing because I do see him as really a championship player. I think all great championship teams need one guy that can do a lot of different things. And I see Chris Thompson as that guy for the Redskins if they ultimately do get to that level. But I think Bryce Love is going to be a very, very good acquisition. He's a guy that you can put in a lot of different spaces on the field. He can help out in the return game if you want him to. I don't know if we want to put him back there, but that's a guy that can help you with so many different positions. And eventually, we're not going to have Adrian Peterson forever. So we could have the the running back group of Darius Geis, Bryce Love, and Chris Thompson at some point. And that's a pretty damn explosive group of running backs to have on the roster. And that makes the quarterback's job a little bit easier. Thompson and Bryce Love can both catch the ball out of the backfield. And Darius Geis has the potential to be one of the great workhorse running backs in the NFL. That's that's a long-term pick that I know some people may have been afraid of in the front office to make that pick, but I really like the Bryce Love pick. I think that's going to do wonders for the Redskins in the future and the possibility of, like I said, Geis, Thompson, and Love sharing the backfield together could do wonders for the Redskins offense down the road. Then in round four, or later in round four, I should say, Wes Martin, the guard out of Indiana with the 131st pick, and then a center from Alabama. We're going to just call him Ross because there's no way I'm going to be able to pronounce his name right on the first try. I've listened to like a couple different pronunciations on a couple different videos. I still can't get it down. We're going to call him Ross from Alabama at the center position, and both Wes Martin and Ross can play different positions. So they're listed at guards and centers, but they're versatile guys that could shift around if they need to, which is huge because the Redskins have had a little bit of injury problems on the offensive line. If you haven't been paying attention, it's basically been a revolving door for the last two years. And filling in for that left guard spot, which Sean Laval occupied for a little bit, we need someone that can fill in there. We did grab Eric Flowers this offseason so he can compete with these two guys. I like the Redskins depth now a lot more at the offensive line than I did entering the draft. So that's a big plus. Then we drafted Cole Holcomb from UNC, the linebacker in the fifth round, 173rd overall pick. I'm not 100% sure if he's going to make the roster. I do like the Redskins depth at linebacker uh, with the guys that we already have, but a good draft pick, a guy that can come in and compete. If not, he can be on the practice squad and then that's, that's a pretty good spot. Uh, then we drafted Kelvin Harmon, the wide receiver from NC State. This dude is a big guy. 6'2", he ran a 4'6'40", a 7.153 cone drill, just shy of Terry McLaurin's 7.013 cone drill. McLaurin also ran a 4'3". McLaurin, God, I keep messing that up. McLaurin also ran a 4'3'5". That's an unofficial 40 time, but damn, that's pretty fast. 
So McLaurin, Harmon, I'm not saying they're the future at wide receiver on this team, but the potential is there. And they're a lot cheaper than Josh Doxson. And there's a good chance if they actually play, they could be more productive than Josh Doxson. So we draft Harmon in the sixth round. I think that's a really good pick. In the seventh round, we start with Jimmy Moreland, the defensive back from James Madison. He's a 5'10". I've, he's been described as a ball hawk. Of course, James Madison isn't the biggest level of college football, but sometimes you just have to realize that tape is greater than, you know, the... the um, what, what what's the word I'm looking for? The the intangibles, the intangibles. Everyone loves intangibles of the draft. Sometimes you got to recognize that tape is greater than the intangibles, and football is football at the end of the day. So even though he did play at a smaller school, Jamie did have a lot of success when he was there. They're a national champion in one of the years that he was there. So I like that pick as well. The Redskins need more depth at their defensive back spot. We don't truly know the future long term of some of the guys. Wink, wink, Josh Norman, wink, wink. Um, so adding him on could could be great. And in the long term, if not, special teams guy. We could always use more special teams guys, guys that can tackle. And then we finish the draft off with Jordan Brailford, who also is an edge from Oklahoma in the seventh round, the 253rd overall pick. So all in all, I'd say that's a pretty damn good draft for the Redskins. They addressed the areas of need. They filled them, and they got a bunch of different guys on both offense and defense that can play multiple positions. The versatility is high amongst this class of guys. And I love that more than anything. This, this, this was a long-term draft for the Redskins. They're looking at this in, in the long term, which is a way that they kind of haven't drafted in a while. You know, it seems like in the past they've kind of gotten guys that they hope are just going to come fill holes quickly and we're going to, you know, we're win-now mode. I don't think they're attacking this the same way. I don't think they're attacking this season like this is a win-now season. But... I mean, there is potential, you know, with the defense that we have, there is potential that the Redskins could shock some guys. I'm not going to get into that now because we haven't actually seen any of these guys show up in a preseason game, let alone, you know, training camp. But I like what they did with this draft. It's definitely a positive step forward for the long term goals of this team. And I would call this a win. Some people said gave this an A. I would give this an A draft for the Redskins. So. Now we will transition into our final topic today, and we'll get you on out of here. Uh, Josh Doxson has his fifth-year option deadline is Friday. The Redskins, if they do pick the option up, would pay Josh Doxson $10.2 million in 2020. He's currently getting just shy of $2 million. So a bit of a pay grade, a pay raise there for Josh Doxson if the Redskins pick up the option. So here's what we need to know numbers-wise about Josh Doxson. 81 receptions, 1,100 yards, and eight touchdowns. Those are some pretty good numbers if it was in a 16-game span. Fortunately, it is, those are his career numbers. So his production hasn't been fantastic. It hasn't been what we expected for a guy that we drafted in the first round. So there are positives and negatives to keeping him. I think the positive to keeping him is he is huge and potential is still there. And I don't want to get too wrapped up in the fact that, well, potential, 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 but he's a huge wide receiver. And I thought last year there were some things that he got better at, even if it was just marginally, he did get better at. The problem is he's not worth $10 million. From what we've seen in both the numbers and just the eye test, he's not worth $10 
$10.2 million. So this is a big decision for the Redskins to make. And ultimately, as much as this hurts, I can see them giving him that fifth-year option. Because if you don't, you're essentially he's like he's gone after the season, essentially. Either that or you're going to have to pay him a lot more. Like You are not getting Josh Doxson back next year for less than $10.2 million. That, that's, that's the price that he's coming back at the minimum for next season. Whether he has a good year or not. If he does have a good year and you don't pick up this option and you want to resign him to a long-term deal, it's probably going to be north of this number because that's, that, that's just kind of the baseline at this point if he does want to come back. So ultimately, I think the Redskins could do it if I was in their spot. If I was in the Redskins' position, I would not. That being said, they don't call me up and ask me what I think they should do. It'd be nice if they did, but they don't. So I'm up in the air on where, where I think Josh Doxson is going to be, what I think is going to happen with this fifth-year option. Let me know your thoughts on Twitter at Denton underscore date. Talk to me about Josh Doxson. Talk to me about the, the beef the great value beef between Dwayne Haskins and Joe Theismann. And talk to me about this draft. I want to hear your thoughts on this draft, either in the comments down below on Hogshaven. You can get me on, on Twitter at Denton underscore day. Let me know how you thought about this Redskins draft. I thought it was awesome. It's, they knocked it out of the park, which we don't say very often, but we got to give credit where credit is due. The front office knocked this draft out of the park. It was awesome. All right, that's it for me. I'll see you all next week, and we'll be back.